welcome to Richmond Kickers Weekly, a crossover episode with the guys from River City 93. Uh, my name is Daryl Grove, as usual. The guy who's always here, Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Uh, a lovely introduction. The guy who's always here. Said with love. <laughs> I appreciate said that. with love. And we also have love for River City 93, the other Richmond Kickers podcast. Smaller brand, but we're here. We're joined oh, by yeah. the co-hosts, <laughs> Elliot Barr. Hello, hey, Elliot. I'm sure my heart is not to laugh. Because I can tell you, I always laugh doing an introduction for some odd reason. So it's just a natural thing. <laughs> and Shanir Duran the second. Hello. Hello. Do we call you like douche or you, do you do anything with the second? Mm, not really. Not really? Just Shanir. Just Shanir. <laughs> You're all trying to make nicknames happen. That's yeah. not a normal thing for you. I like it. I like it. So our crossover episode, it's the end of the season for the Richmond Kickers. Mm-hmm. We all know what's happened, right? Finished ninth out of 10. Uh, head coach David Bulow was let go. And yet you're recapping it anyway. I'm recapping it anyway in case some people don't know what happened. <laughs> See what I did there? That's it. We asked for listener questions, right? People, um, some, of these, some of these questions are from Kickers fans. Some of these questions are from people who've listened to our show um, who have sort of supported the Kickers from afar just by hearing the podcast, which is definitely an interesting way to experience that season where we finished ninth out of 10. <laughs> and those people have questions. They do. <laughs> they do. So we're going to have seven questions on this episode, and then the other seven questions we've got are going to be on the River City 93 Yay! episode. <laughs> it's a bit like what we did with the Cooligans, mm-hmm. um, but with um, less offensive jokes. And less volume, <laughs> from Alexis I'm assuming. Guerreros. And less volume from Alexis Guerreros. We'll see. We'll see how loud y'all get. But yeah, <laughs> Alexis is hard to beat, I think, when it comes to that. So the key to this we found with the Cooligans is uh, pretty much to let everybody have a go at quickly answering the questions. So fingers on buzzers. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready for the first question? Yeah, we are. All right. It's from Zach Spaeth. Uh, Zach Spaeth asks... What's the position that needs the biggest upgrade? Striker. And then in parentheses, Zach says, Forward. For me, it's a striker. Goal score. Finishing was awful. Taylor, you seem uh, keen to jump in. Uh, what, <laughs> what position needs the biggest upgrade on the kickers when we go into 2020? I mean, I, I think sometimes it can be harsh to say it's a striker when there's a lack of goals because it could mean that there's like a lack of uh, providing behind that striker. But I yeah. think even with that being the case, and Joe Gairdo was there, so he's a decent provider. I think the lack of like, clinical finishing in front of goal that we saw mm-hmm. on a fairly routine basis has me thinking that maybe they should go with like a young upstart striker who maybe uh, can score goals. All That's right. what I would say. Elliot, what do you think? What's the uh, what's the position that needs the biggest upgrade and why is it striker? Uh, for me, <laughs> oh, do you have a different opinion? I do. Okay. Uh, I would go defense. I okay. would definitely look at like getting backups for center backs because oh, we yeah. do need more numbers. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Yeah. There were literally oh, like yeah. two games. I forgot about that. The yeah. Chattanooga game and the North Texas game where we literally did not have center backs. Yep. And if we miss Akwe back there, there were games where Ivan had to play the center back by himself. Yep. Um, if Connor, I love Connor, but Connor is slow as dirt. <laughs> Anytime Connor <laughs> runs over 20 miles an hour, I'm afraid he's going to pull up and both hamstrings are going to go. Hey, if he could run 20 miles an hour... <laughs> We wouldn't be so worried about his face. <laughs> yeah, no, right. um, but yeah. I like that you were like, no disrespect, and then proceeded to like... Oh, it's not, you know, Connor knows I'm going to rip him. Like, I call Connor and Troy both like the old guys that go to the YMCA yeah. and like gym shorts. Do you expect nothing from, and they just sit there and practice free throws? Like Mr. Fundamental, those two? So the rule is, if you say, I love someone, but... Yeah, you can say anything oh, yeah, about the exactly. Matches. Okay, that's but, the rule of the black but I, community. But I definitely agree with you. <laughs> I definitely agree with you that there are li- there's literally a lack of numbers at centre back. Yes. Right. I think we relied a lot on uh, Bubakar Keita being part of the squad, and then after the U20 World Cup, there was the injury. He went back to Columbus, 
mm-hmm. and never came back. And we were just a man down for the rest of the season. Yeah. And let me just add that I like Virginia State, but I like Virginia Union more. Shania, <laughs> 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 what do you think? Biggest um, upgrade that uh, the kickers need? I think I'm going to have to agree with Taylor. I mean, with, with regards to the center back situation, I think it, that's an issue, not an issue of an upgrade. That's an issue of numbers. Yeah. Um, but Some depth. Yeah, we need depth in that position, not upgrade. Because I do feel that Akwe and Connor Shinovsky did a very good job. Uh, when we were playing with three in the back, Ivan even improved a lot. Because I remember early on in the season, you and me, we were we were getting in on Ivan. <laughs> it was more me. Yeah, it was more you. I was trying to be nice. But <laughs> but no, so I, I would say up top, I mean, I feel not very clinical when we look at our top goal scorer. Our top goal scorer was Gallardo, who's not a striker. Yeah, mm-hmm. It took a while for our strikers to really set into actually starting to score goals. Yeah. And you need someone who can come off the blocks, especially in a league where you only have 10 teams. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I would agree because I th- from what I understand, Jackson and Chin were two of the more experienced players on the roster. I don't know for sure, but I think they were maybe paid a little better than some of the other players. So it was a lot of money spent on what ended up not being very productive strikers. And I would argue exactly. it's not just looking at goals, it's looking at the the threat they provide throughout the game, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, neither Jackson nor Chin, there wasn't like a thing where if we were in trouble, we could just play a direct ball and they would hold it up and then we could build from there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, and there wasn't like, neither of them were particularly quick. There's no pace in behind. So th- not, none of those like, basic threats, aerial threat and pace threat that mm-hmm. we got from either of those strikers. And frankly, in a league like League One, you need some of those basic threats, right? Something good in the air or something fast on the ground. One more thing I would say to that, though, like, and I, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, is part of my frustration with this season is that I still feel like I don't have like as many answers to questions that I had at the beginning of the season or midway through. Yeah. yeah. And one of those is, like, is Boateng good enough to be a starting striker for that team? And I feel like there are times when I saw him look very good. Yeah. So that's also the other element is, like, he was more excited. I was more excited. I don't think it's more one. of a recency thing with Boateng because what we well saw, be, yeah. but there were moments of the year where Boateng would even start or coming into games and it didn't look like he looked lost. It yeah, it looked lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I mean, his only two performances were the last game and the the U.S. Open Cup game yeah. where we won six one. And um, the goal is going to get shattered. But I also think the thing about the striker position, like you said, Daryl, if the if the strikers were providing assist or they were doing good hold up play. You know, we wouldn't be so concerned about yeah. the striker scoring goals, but when you're not even having the assist or the mm-hmm. MLS assist, then it really is a bright spot. I'm like, all right, what are the strikers doing? Like, so I think three out of four of us agree striker, mm-hmm. and Elliot's going to be controversial and say center backs <laughs> yeah. and throw a casual insult at Connor <laughs> <laughs> All right, next you, question. Was that casual? <laughs> <laughs> next question comes from Weston Shelton, who mm-hmm. I believe is part of the Capital Combustion, Combustion mm-hmm. uh, Lansing Ignite uh, podcast. Uh, Weston says, obviously you guys didn't score a lot last year. No need to open your question yeah. with an insult, Weston. Thanks, <laughs> no, Weston. Right? Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> Would you like to see a coach with a more aggressive system next year, or are you content with any style that leads to wins, even if it isn't necessarily appealing soccer? Ooh. I feel like you guys touched on this on your most recent River City yeah, 93 yes, podcast. So do you want to see a coach with a more aggressive system or any style <laughs> that like grinds out some wins? Grinds out results. Shania, you, you, you started to go first, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you hit the buzzer first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beep. All right. Um, as a soccer nerd, I would want something more exciting. Okay. Um, something where we're creating more chances, more get-out-of-your-seat moments. 
Mm-hmm. Um, of course... Stand up for Richmond, but because it's exciting. Because it's exciting, not <laughs> no. because the, not Red just Army the Red Army pleading. tells you to. <laughs> <laughs> pleading for you to stand up. Um, <laughs> all it's, right. it's sad and true. All yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Tyler, what do you think? I think the same. I think yeah. that like I think about a lot of people like you have the Red Army who go to every game, support the team every single game. You have other people who go and watch the game for tactics and things like that. I think the vast majority of <laughs> it's people, just me and you. And there's a few more. <laughs> Our friend John Blair and his son go and like yes. watch tactics and see what's happening. But I think that the vast majority of people that either went to games this season or would potentially go if the kickers are having a strong season go because they want to see goals and things to cheer for. Yeah. And I think if you're so playing, three two loss, kind of still a good day out. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I think if you're seeing goals, if you're seeing kind of like high energy we've talked about it before like like havoc equivalent soccer i think that that pulls people in uh much more so than simply winning games one nil especially at this level in this league okay yeah i think i'm on board with that elliot what'd you say (laughs) so i'm gonna be controversial again (laughs) um to me it really doesn't matter i would love to see someone that regardless of the system if it's a bunker down defense and we win a game one nil, or Jose Mourinho style. Yeah, or <laughs> if it's the really, you'd go and watch kickers if they played say four five one and like a low block and everybody defending at the top of their box. I'm also scored, like a lover for defense and scored on like two counter attacks. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm a lover for defense, so I love like a good defensive team and knowing like that's something that, like a team can rally around. Yeah, and so you'd be cheering every Konoshinovsky headed clearance. Oh yeah, and- yeah. I mean, <laughs> Connor can jump, but I don't know about that high. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's already got the height. Doesn't need to go too much higher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but to me, it doesn't matter. I just I want a coach with a solidified system in place. Yeah, and I think regardless of what that system is, as long as the team is winning, people will come around and they'll love it. Yeah, like we were talking about earlier, where you guys were looking for the other mics. Um, Don't reveal our secrets. <laughs> as far as people know, this is a smooth running operation. Yeah, exactly. A lot smoother than ours. Um, <laughs> oh, a lot smoother. <laughs> about how, like, when Jose Mourinho was winning, you didn't hear a lot of the the critics about his style of play. It was about, oh, he's winning, even despite, like, he's playing this awful low block and stuff like that. But it wasn't until he started losing that it started to come up and people started to critique it. So I think regardless of whatever system the kickers play, I think as long as you're winning – yeah. People will love it. People will embrace it. Well, I'm already on record. I'll just repeat it quickly because I think I said it at the end of our last podcast. Mm. I would love a high-pressing style yep. where the opposition has the ball. We have a team that just goes after them and tries to win the ball back high. Um, and if it fails, they play through us. But I, f- I feel like it would just be really exciting because mm-hmm. something would be happening all the time and people would be on the edge of their seats in City Stadium. Yeah. And yeah. That, I, feel, I feel that's one of the problems that the kickers have had recently is that Especially being among the Red Army, the exciting thing is coming up with new chance, not what's going on on the pitch. Yeah, because it's a lot just of slow a possession, lot of slow the possession. Yeah. The ball is moving around in the midfield. Occasionally, it gets in a final third, and something mm-hmm. happens. Eventually, people can get tired of that. Yeah, look at a team like Greenville. Greenville is what one of the best defensive teams, but their offense really comes from them crossing the ball in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even still, like there's still some excitement. <laughs> there's still there. excitement behind. Yeah, it. so we'll see. All right, ready for the next question? <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, this is from. Trish but spookier is the Twitter name. Uh, I'm Halloween season. That's it, right? It's a name. <laughs> We're going to go with that. She's ready for <laughs> Halloween. Will you be investing in some inflatable kangaroos for the 2020 season? 
Do you make sense of this question? Budget, so no. it's, it's, yeah. the, it's the inflatable flamingos that people I wear. I see. It's just like, are we going to do a Madison type thing, but yeah. with kangaroos? Yeah, I think we had a couple questions that alluded to the idea that everyone is going to try to emulate the success yeah. of Ford Madison. So, what would you think if we all turned up at City Stadium with inflatable kangaroos? Would it be too much of like it. a Madison yeah. knockout? Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, now granted, I have no problem with Ford Madison at all. Ford is cool, whatever. That's their own style of play, but I don't want Richmond to be like. We're copying from Ford. Yeah. Like, our podcast is not going to be like y'all podcast because we're not y'all. Like, that, it's it, not cool to do. That would be like going to a Liverpool game and when Liverpool score, seeing the fans do the pot snap. Yeah. Like, okay. No. <laughs> that would be weird. That's Manchester City's thing. Your, your, your thing is seeing you'll never walk alone. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's Every team should have their own personality, identity. Oh, and, and do the kickers, do the kickers need a new thing? I don't. When think... you say new thing, what do you mean? Exactly. I do it like if someone if someone said like, "What are forward Madison known for?" People, someone might say people doing the flamingo mm-hmm. call while there are set pieces being taken, or people might say the inflatable. Uh, what, what's the bird? M- Flamingos. Mm-hmm. Um, what would they say about the kickers? I honestly don't know. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that, that the is Red Army of... yells at our goalkeeper. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think I do think that is that is part of it. That I think some. Some aspects of what the kickers do are what the kickers have always done. And yeah. when you are the longest continually operating team, I don't know if you knew that, Daryl. They, they rarely mention that. I've heard. Um, I think <laughs> there can be an inclination to, like, this is what we've always done. This has been our tradition. This has been how we operate. So maybe kickaroo well, is the answer. Well, no, but I was going to say, but then that can become a problem because if you're always doing it the same way because this is what we've always done and you have other people coming in who are doing things differently yeah, yeah. it makes you stand out that much more so I think like I wouldn't necessarily say like they should start doing inflatable kangaroos they should have fighting kangaroos that's what I want but yeah, but uh, we I could don't leave, want that by the way kickaroo is a part of mm-hmm. the kicker's image right yeah. so yeah. inflatable kangaroos would be a forward knockoff mm-hmm. but maybe something else kangaroo related yeah I mean right? I mean, I, I enjoy kickaroo I kangaroo, don't know how kangaroo boxing at half time <laughs> yeah, again I <laughs> one, one might not kid. love that we one lucky member of the crowd. I mean, the kangaroo tends to win. <laughs> I do, have you well, not seen Kangaroo Jack Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. Well, um, let me ask. Let me ask you all. Kangaroo this races at halftime, where you put like uh, there's an adult. I definitely thought you just yelled kangaroo racism, and I was I like, I don't think I said anything of that type. Was be like, whoa, sir! <laughs> Got real serious in here. You have like a parent with the kid in a little like baby Bjorn type pouch, uh-huh. and you do a race. But see, I guess too dangerous. I, I, too appre- dangerous. I, appreciate that, I appreciate that you're trying, but like that's still like kind of gimmicky. Of, like, it's just, a half-time say, event. Yeah. It's not a like fan culture supporters yeah. group thing. And but that's what I was. So maybe ask it has you to come all. from the fans. Then that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is like what what do you all think is because I do think an, an, an element of what Ford Madison have done well is that like as you said, they're like their whole stadium is doing the flamingo noises when people are taking yeah. free kicks. I don't feel like stuff really resonates at City Stadium. It seems exactly. like there's the, the Red Army setting off smoke and cheering. Then there's some fans who get into it, and then it feels like it's much more people there to enjoy the spectacle almost. Yeah. And yeah. I would ask you all. And like, this kid's rolling down the hill. That, yeah. As well, which playing is playing hill soccer. It's like a spectrum all the yeah. way from yeah. section O to the hill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, are, but are there things that you all think need to happen to get more people into the kind of supporters culture, get more people into it during games? Well, I've, I've – said this before and I've talked to my wife about it a lot about how city stadium is set up for the casual watcher mm-hmm. and not for mm-hmm. because think think about going into 
because I, I, I grew up in Boston, so I, I imagine myself when I'm going into Gillette Stadium to watch either New England Revolution or maybe an international game. So you've just driven like an hour. <laughs> no, it's 30 minutes. <laughs> so, I, and I get there, and as I'm working my way to, to my seat from, the, from where I buy my ticket, I can't see the field until I get to where the seats are. Mm-hmm. And it's that that sense of anticipation, that sense of you hear the noise, you hear the chanting, but you can't see anything. And you feel like you need to run so you can see what's happening. You get to City Stadium, the moment you walk in, you can kind of see the field and you can stand and have a beer and talk and mm-hmm. barely pay attention. And there it, is, a, it is too easy to stand on the concourse. Yeah. Exactly. It's too right? easy to stand on the concourse and still be in view of the yeah. field. But what can they do? Demolish the concourse? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I mean, th- that's one of the barriers. Broken glass all over the concourse. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Turn off the bear taps at the 10th minute and be like, get in the th- <laughs> Get in there that's, and chill. That's really, I hadn't thought about that before, but you are totally right that it's, it's right where the beer truck is. Like, is where the Red Army, like, if you go down those steps, that's where yeah. y'all tend to be. But that's yeah. where I, we tend to end up getting stuck. And, like, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that, like, I will get a beer, go over to that area, and mm-hmm. I stand on the concourse for exactly. at least the yeah, first and half. And it's, and it's difficult to and get into. And you're not paying attention until it goes good. I think also, I mean, granted, the last three years have sucked. So, like, fan engagement might have gone down because it's like, all right, losing's happening. Like, mm-hmm. not, like you said, we've, we've had, it's been slow. Like, it hasn't been fast, anticipating happening. It hasn't been a lot of wins. Yeah. Um, I also think that, and this is me too, like part of being in the Red Army is getting people knowing what we do yeah. outside of just the occasional cheer, the smoke bombs, like what do we do outside of the community? Because mm-hmm. I think that's how you get the people that are like teetering, like that in-between section, section I think that's how the you get. section right next to the Yeah, like, Red that's Army. how you yeah. get more people into it because you let people know like, yeah, we're just not here just to cheer and stuff like that. I think what Ford did great is, and I'm bringing up Ford because I have friends that are in Featherstone, which is like the black supporters group, is that they talk a lot about what they do in the community. Yeah. And they showcase it. Like, you really just going to have to showcase people what you do in the community and be open to that. Like, how do you help the community around you? But I also think, like like we said, like the setup of City State is poor. Because, like, when you're sitting in City Stadium, what's the first thing you look across at is, like, a dead section mm-hmm. of yeah. just, like, of and there stands, are, that, stands are, that can't be used. And there are plans <laughs> to potentially redevelop that, right? I think yeah. that's just an expensive Have project. Easy that... Can we just drop a nuke on it? <laughs> just, like, I've been planning this out for maybe think, five seconds. Just take a wrecking ball. Just tear it down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, see, that's, like, that's the kind of weird, like, easy but hard solution is that from what I understand it's like they want to do that but then you have to rebuild the locker rooms because you can't tear it down and leave the yeah. locker rooms where they are yeah. so then they have to renovate and then you have to get into the lock like it's it's also it, where the production crew goes so you yeah. lose a TV angle yeah. if, you ta- if you tear down so the it's whole it's like thing. so yeah like it's, it's the frustrating thing of like that's a really obvious thing like it's very clear that that stand is abandoned and you can't yeah. really stand in it but safely. But it brings up more But then you problems. can't, yeah. So, can, can mm-hmm. I make two good, su- well, I think a good suggestion, I think all my suggestions are good, but can I make two <laughs> I mean, suggestions? All right, to like, to change things at City Stadium. One, I think a front office suggestion, they might have thought about this already, is getting the fans closer to the field. Um, so you know how like, there's the, the C-shaped like yeah. curve? I've, I always feel like I'm quite far from the field, right? Yeah. And I think there's an opportunity to really get, uh, to me, when I go and see, say, soccer back home, uh, the state you can get like four thousand fans and feel like a really um, mm-hmm. hot house atmosphere because you're right up on the action, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. you could have people like hanging over the edge and like almost touching the field, but not quite. 
If you could get fans close enough, I feel like people might be more engaged, right? And I've also got a suggestion for the Red Army. Could you guys convey this back to the Red Army? I'm pretty Uh, sure they're listening. Yeah. So Taylor (laughs) talked earlier about how... uh, uh, the, Re- the Red Army do their thing and then maybe the rest of the fans aren't as involved with what the Red Army are doing, right? Yeah. What if the Red Army kind of um, like passed out some, a couple of song sheets um, and invited the rest of the crowd to join in on certain songs? Maybe some songs to begin with without swear words in it yeah. so families could get involved. You could like stand at the gate and give out like, and say... In the 20th minute, we're going to all sing this song and we invite you to join us. And I feel like you might be able to unite the whole crowd instead of it just having the Red Army chanting and everybody else doing something yeah, else. That, what do you think works, about that? That works great. <laughs> that would work great. Another thing is, um, and you see, you see it um, with Seattle Sounders, LA Galaxy, is the call and response thing. So if we were to, if we had a big enough group, you, you, you'd probably get it for a home opener. Red Army is huge when the when you know first game of the season everyone shows up. Yeah. You get half of them on the other side of the stadium that kind of creates a a, a yeah. change of oh the Red Army is over there and we're over here yeah. as we in the oh, Red okay. Army like to call it the library. <laughs> but that but that's what I'm talking about. That, to me that's like a confrontational attitude to the rest of the crowd, right? Like, yeah. By saying they're quiet. So I'm saying invite them to join yeah, you exactly. and then everybody can yell in the library. Yeah, it's so exactly. <laughs> I also think another thing too that I was here thinking about it that would be real cool is maybe like see my my idea is to have the red army right behind the goal, but like where we tailgate at. Have yeah. like an accent, like an area where the Red Army can then walk into that area because a mm-hmm. lot of Red Army members get lost, like you said, in that Concord area because it's like, oh, we got to get buried in the sixth or fifth minute. Yeah, I mean, like right before halftime and when they get lost mm-hmm. up there. But having an area where the Red Army's already at, you have the bear taps there. Okay, those that are in the Red well, Army, I've, I've heard rumors that there's been talk of. Uh, I mean, if they do it, I'm fine with getting it. the Red Army like behind the goal in their own mm-hmm. their own area. Yeah, I mean, that's would what you guys you, be up for that? I, I would. I think it would be better for it, more like it would, it's basically have, like, a, a real like, format. Yeah, you would have like a real. You'd like, be behind the goal, game. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about think about all of the. Big stadiums. Where's the supporters group behind one of the goals? Not yeah. in the middle somewhere mm-hmm. behind one of the goals. <laughs> but are people? Is there going to be pushback on that because it's been Section O for so long? Do you think there's hesitation to like We're kind of leave that area? Pushback on everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my suggestion as well. Maybe if you guys are into that idea, maybe reach out to the front office and see if that's something that we could do for 2020. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I'm all right. for new ideas. All right. Yeah. Shoot, ready for more questions? Yeah. I feel like we, we stuck on that one a while, but it turned out, even though it was about inflatable kangaroos, it turned into a really good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no inflatable like kangaroos. I like that you summarized that entire conversation as a thing you brought up in the very beginning. <laughs> 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 even though it was all about inflatable so, kangaroos. So, uh, final answer, no inflatable kangaroos. Yeah. yeah. No inflatable kangaroos. No. All right. <laughs> Section O resident. We all know who he is. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, actually asked three questions. He actually asked more, but I've only chosen three. Um, so I'm going I'm to uh, get these questions out there. Section of resident, you've been named coach. This is like a choose your own adventure type thing. Um, who were the first five players from 2019 you try to re-sign? And what position is your top priority to strengthen? All right, so let's start with the first five players from 2019 that you try make, to... Make one of them go while I write real fast. I right. a bunch of money at Troyer. <laughs> Come back! You're talking about retirement. Yeah. You serious? Oh, yeah. That'd be your first move? Oh, yeah. All right. Because... You look when Troyer was in that position as a true like CDM, someone that was able to cover the back line. Yeah, yeah. We played a lot better because they allowed our midfield to actually go 
be attacking and not have to drop back into this yeah. very sluggish possession style. Um, How much you, would you like throw the whole budget at Troy? <laughs> More than less. <laughs> like, here's a house, here's a dog, here's some coffee. Look, house you, you, dog you, coffee. Yeah, exactly. Resign. You know. All right, so you, you blow all the money on Troy. Assuming there's some money left over, yeah. what are the other four players that you would resign? Um, Bulldog, of course, because of the assist and what he's done. Okay. I think he's a very um, player that can play multiple positions. Akwe, yep. defensively. Uh, Hughes. Because I think he can play either the wing, fullback. He can kind of fit in whatever. All right. You got one left? I know. Oh. <laughs> I feel like you've left off a, a big Lockerbie. one. Lockerbie. Lockerbie. Okay. All right. Lockerbie. All right. Okay. So there's Elliot's five. Shinir? Um, there, uh, I'm going to go a little similar. Definitely. I mean, at, at this point, with Stop someone. Being a copycat. What, no, with someone saying that they're retiring, um, I'd mm. have to be like, all right, Troyer, thanks for the memories. Yeah. Um, so you're going but, to respect his retirement. Yes. Yeah. Matt Bulldog, definitely. <laughs> Bulldog, okay. Gallardo, just for that added I'm dangerous flair. I'm shocked Elliot didn't yeah, say Did Gallardo. you not say Gallardo? Uh, oh, for, no. Just oh, for no. his dangerous <laughs> flair. I mean, the, the craziness he can pull off at a moment's notice yeah. is very valuable. Um, Akwe as well. Yep. Akira Fitzgerald, because he's been a rock back there. Okay. And... Like he said, Eli Lockerbie, because his pace is ridiculous. I think I still think we are standing by that he's the fastest guy in League One. Really, Tyler, you've been scribbling. I mean, I was, I was writing down some. I, I like because I hadn't really thought about Bolduc. I think mostly because I kind of forgot about Bolduc. Uh, I had Gallardo <laughs> for sure, so I'm going to circle that one. Yeah, uh, Matai Mawape is one that I thought yes. was consistently very good and caused a lot of problems. That y'all didn't mention him. I have questions, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say Mawape as well. Uh, I had uh, Akwe because I thought he was a solid uh, central defender throughout. I'll add Bolduc because I think y'all made good points, and mm-hmm. I think he is an attacker who can do a number of different things. That leaves me with my last one, and this one y'all might disagree with but I really like Nick Retzlaff I really like what we saw from him throughout the season I honestly think he can do some things that Braden Troyer could not do that is true so I do like that. that's gonna be my fifth one so yeah. not just copying that's the exact five really I would have had oh. yeah yeah, that seems like you're having. My, my top two would be uh, Gallardo and Akwai because mm-hmm. I think they kind of they kind of fit what I want the kickers to be. And again, I'm the coach in this scenario, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is a place where there are young players who you could see improving, and maybe even you could sell them on um, at some point. Um, I think Wahab Akwai and Joe Gallardo both are really talented now, but also have like yeah. possibly even have more upside in the be, future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, potential to be even better. Like when you watch Akwai, um, I was really excited when I first saw him because he would. Basically, he would take risks and go and charge out and win things and like be really brave. And he would make occasional mistakes, right, mm-hmm. where he would not get to something. And I always think with centre-backs, when you see them mature, then they just they, – they know when to gamble and when not to gamble until it becomes like a – they perfect mm-hmm. it, right, where they're taking the gambles that they can win and not taking the gambles that they can't. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that – and then I think uh, I, would, I would have said Boateng initially, but y'all kind of talked me out of that as maybe that's a bit more like – recency bias and I do think Akira yeah. Fitzgerald uh, I was not as impressed with him in the beginning but I think that's maybe because he was being asked to do some things he didn't want to do or feel I comfortable with I still worry about him claiming crosses like I don't see him come and claim crosses yeah. that much yeah. Yeah. that's just heightism. it is heightism. that's just heightism. you heightist. if I could not get Troy I would 
It would have been Iwapi. I, I mean, if you okay. look at our last three consistent goalkeepers for the Richmond kickers in the in the history, because I, I don't count the random grabbing someone from New England. I think one of them is playing for the Revolution now, right? Yeah. Turner? He, he's doing great. He, yeah. Turner, yeah, where was, that Turner was a Revolution player who we borrowed, mm-hmm. yeah. literally. But, that's, but that's if, a good you point. Look at, yeah. if you look at our last three, Ryan Taylor is the only one who mm-hmm. has height. Look yeah. at look at uh, Ronnie Pascali. That's a good Short. Yeah, one of the Richmond Richmond is a DC United player. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. You're <laughs> so right. I'm okay, saying okay. our consistently yeah. Richmond kickers own of the last three: Akira, Pascali, Ryan Taylor. Ryan Taylor is the only one who's above average height. Yeah, you know, true. the interesting so. thing's going to be depends if the new coach what their style of play is. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I know, I know that from what I understand, David Bueller liked Akira Fitzgerald for his ability with his feet, his passing ability, mm-hmm. you know, and he fit the possession style. Yeah. The Joe next- Rice is so the opposite. Joe Rice is literally like a sweeper keeper. Like he'll come off his line. Yeah. But he's just gonna knock the ball up. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of plays where him in possession. In distributing. Mm-hmm. In distributing yeah. back and forth. But the next guy might value different things, yeah, right? So, so I guess we'll see. The second part of uh, of Matt's question What's your top priority to strengthen? I feel like we already answered that with the, back. Uh, the, earlier, <laughs> the earlier question from Zach. Right? Yeah. I was right on one. Okay. I like that. Second, <laughs> second question from Section O resident. There's been plenty of attention paid to the on-field before, the on-the-field performance in 2019. What is your primary success for the front office in 2019? And what's the one thing they must improve on? Taylor. Oh, Elliot Clapton. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Elliot Clapton. All right. I'm happy that Elliot Clapton. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, so let's start with the positive. What's the primary success in 2019? So the primary success is, one, there's been more engagement. Yes. And I okay. would say you know more about what the team is doing on and off the field than what has been in years past. Because there's okay. been years like Amora. Everyone loved Amora, but when Amora was in the lineup, you had no idea why. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear from the, really the coach afterwards of the game or pregame about like, this is what we're looking for in this opponent. Or this is what we expect. Granted, them reaching out to you guys and like setting up this podcast mm-hmm. and us setting up our podcast, like and the, us talking to um, you know the assistant head coach and Bulo and Rice and stuff like that. And I feel like that's been a better aspect. So it's definitely been a bigger improvement than what it's been. I think going forward, I think they have to do a better job of engaging the city and not just a particular area. Okay. And I think, and this is no one fault, this is just purely like my speculation on what it was, is because like when the kickers were owned by the youth club, now they're owned by 22 Holdings, it was more of the thing of, well, we have like all these youth clubs, like Richmond United, the Strikers, mm-hmm. other ones, FC right? Richmond. So you already know where the majority of your fan base is coming from outside of the Red Army. So it wasn't like a whole bunch of, we're going into East Side Richmond and North Side Richmond. It's oh, Southside so Richmond. You're saying get, they're focusing on the places where they had the youth yeah, players. Yeah, we're to try already and get set up, yeah, which is smart. Chesterfield, Henrico, yeah, Glen Allen. Henrico. That was I see. So I think it. now, I think what the front of us has to do after you've already been in the city for a year, we did a Heritage Night idea, which yeah. even though like everyone was praising me about, I still felt like we could have done, and even me personally, like, could have done more to get more people from like the east side and north side. And how do you engage those fans? How do you get fans that do, do not have a car? To get to City Stadium, okay. You know, how do you get people in areas of the city that might not have, like the Latin community in Southside? They play a great soccer, mm-hmm. but have no idea that we have a pro team. Mm-hmm. So how do you engage them? How do you? So you talk about like running transport, basically, right? Yeah, running yeah. transport, or like how do you like you see teams like in Tormenta? They have a Spanish account. 
how does kickers get something like that? Mm-hmm. How do we get more people of color into areas that they feel those people feel comfortable? Because I mean, we're gonna have a real conversation about it. Like some people don't feel comfortable unless they see someone that has a person like that looks yeah, like yeah. them talking to them. And can I can I jump in? Because yeah. I'd be curious to hear what you think about this. Because we talked to Aaron Dolores of Black Air FC a while ago about sort of engaging the African American community, how you do that. And I think his point was like, it's great that teams try to do that. Like I, I think we had some ideas about how we want to do that. And he's like, that's great, but like, like I don't want to speak for him, but he essentially he was saying like, but you're coming at them still from like your perspective and your experience, and mm-hmm. that doesn't always resonate. And so if you're sort of like doing the same thing that you would do in a predominantly white area of Chesterfield and then going to, like, inner-city Richmond, it might not resonate yeah, as much. No. And yeah. so you've got to kind of change that approach a little bit. Like, do you think that's something they could do, that they could try to... I think to it, I of, think you have to, like... And now, granted, I'm a totally different kind of person. Like, mm-hmm. I'm... Everything that, like, the Heritage is not in there, this podcast is something that came from me. Like, no one asked me to do it. Like, this is something I wanted to do because mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to highlight, like, the soccer... In Richmond, even if you go look at my Instagram page, like I did like the whole Black History Month of like famous soccer players and managers and stuff like that because like this is that is not really talked about. And even like kids in the African American community or even like inner city schools, they know what's going on in soccer. They know about the Neymar's and Mbappe stuff like that, but they don't have anyone locally that they can see and connect to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like Bulow is a black head coach. So that's something like when I went to go tell kids, like, hey, I have tickets to go to the kickers game. Well, why would they go to the kickers? They have a black hair coach. Wait, they have a black hair coach? Mm-hmm. And that opens up a whole different dialogue. I think the things the kickers should do going forward is, like you said, look at it from outside of the box, but have those conversations. You're going to have to have real conversations with people in those areas, in their neighborhoods. You can't expect for them to come to you because, like we said, like the lack of transport might not be there. Right. So have those town hall meetings. Maybe not at like a brewery or something like that, but go to their neighborhoods yeah. and set up community days or go do work in their community so that way you showcase it. And don't do it from a thing of, and I say the kickers have done this, but don't do it from a standpoint of, I'm doing this for publicity or I'm doing this because I want your money. Do it with the expectation I'm doing for a good mm-hmm. reason because then people will feel more genuine about it. Because yeah, a I lot know of people I've went on right for a while, but no, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people can see right through that if you're doing it. For yeah, money. if you're doing it for money or you're doing it for like publicity or clout, like we say, mm-hmm. then people aren't going to be real receptive to it. They're going to look at it and be like, "Well, they're just doing it just because they want my money." There's no nothing coming back in it for me. Got it. And to, to touch on that, uh, the reason why a lot of people I feel that they feel that it's that way that oh they're doing it because they want my money is because. There has been a pattern with the Richmond Kickers front office of starting things and then just letting it drop. For example, first game of the season this season, who was in Section O? Who was in Section O oh, with VCU. us? VCU's, some of their drum line was yeah. in Section O with us. Have we seen anything like that before after that first game? <laughs> Dropped off. Nothing. Looking for Is that example, thing where the front office brought in? I, I'm not sure if, if it was the front office that, that did something to draw them in. But also looking, for example, um, a while back, the kickers used to do something over the summer at YMCA's during summer camps where they would have coaches go out there and do soccer sessions with them. I used to actually be one of the coaches to go out there. Um, on the last day of that of those sessions, they'd bring kickers players i remember um uh alex lee um robert hughes coming out to um interact with the kids after a year or two of that it disappeared Mm -hmm. 
if you keep things up like that, it, it's not going to happen immediately. And and if we were to start things to try and draw in people from those neighborhoods, it's not going to happen immediately. It'll probably be two, three seasons down the line that you really see start to see a flow from South Side, from North, from East End, mm-hmm. coming into City Stadium. It'll take a while. But if you just do it once, oh, didn't work, and leave. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. never so, going to get that point, Elliot, you you were obviously you spearheaded uh, Heritage Night, right? Yeah. Can I assume that you'll do that again in 2020? Because yeah. the thing tends to be that like an idea like that, if like from one understanding, it was something of a success, but you you feel like it could have been bigger. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you can build on it year on year, right? It yeah, exactly. definitely. In like, <laughs> my wife gets on me all the time. By the way, I love you, Elector. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was something of where I, like I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. Because I wanted this night to be something. Granted, we pulled in fans from forward North Carolina. I think For the Culture was here. Yeah. Um, like, a, a lot of people were here that probably have never set foot into City Stadium. But if you look at, like, that night by itself, and this is just me being my toughest critic, I'm like, how many of those people left that night with, like, well, I'm going to now go look at the Black mm-hmm. History Museum that's in Richmond. Or now I know about Alpha Phi Alpha's Beta Gamma Lambas Education Foundation. I'm going to go invest in them. Or... Well, here's El Campo on the south side. Like, I was just thinking, like, how many people left that night, regardless of the result, how many people left that night knowing about these communities and these programs that help these communities right. and how to better do that? If that's to, on your mind, that's the thing you can improve yeah. in 2020, right? Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Tyler, what do you think? So to go back to the original question, it was uh, what's a thing yeah. the front office did well? What's I a mean, thing they could do in 2020? So I think, like, like I, I agree with a lot, of, a lot of what Shanir said, and I think that will be part of my answer. I would say, like, hear me out <laughs> but i think like the best <laughs> thing they did was continue to exist like because they switched from a model when it's the youth team yeah, yeah. having a lot of say controlling the budget a little bit to mm-hmm. now they are running as more of a business i think they probably don't want to say that but i think that's probably that's my perspective on it yeah and i think when you make that transition you've got to learn how to do a lot of stuff and i think there are a lot of things that i didn't necessarily love about some of the changes that were made little things that i think had an impact like suddenly people had to pay to park yeah. i think that had an impact more than they might have expected. And so I think what I would say is what they did really well was kind of change the model in a way that they needed to to maybe allow things to continue to function. But I would say next season it's about learning from that and not just dropping stuff. Because for me, like I showed you all the shirt I have that I got signed when I was like 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. Like that built that loyalty. That's why I still like the kickers is because all those players would come to stuff and sign jerseys and hang out. And Like Like, I used to play soccer at John B. Carey and like there's a picture of me and like Lee Mm Callishaw and like a couple of other guys that were on that team. And like I still remember that because like they came from like City Team and came over to our practice. Like I'm like nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and these guys like hanging out with and showing us like yeah. how to pass the ball without using our big toe and things like that. <laughs> things that you remember, but it's like yeah. something cool that I can go tell. Like, hey, I have this picture of you know this legend. Yeah, yeah, and so then it makes you <laughs> want to be more. Be like Elliot, stop using your big toe. See, I would just say I hope they keep doing stuff. But my biggest success, I think, was that. Like they continued operations, but yeah. then I hope that next season it's it's much more than that, yeah. and they've learned some lessons and they've streamlined some things. And because uh-huh. even like the very first game, I think like the opening day, the I can't remember if it was like the ticketing system was messed up, or I they didn't have enough people. Were, I think ticketing the bear was, lines, yeah. the internet went, went down. And, yeah. It was just one of those days where yeah. everything was going wrong. And to be fair, a lot of the kicker staff uh, like then pitched in. Mm-hmm. Like, it yeah. wasn't their job to do stadium operations; they all just pitched in to, yeah. to make it mm-hmm. happen. And from what I can tell, they learned from it. 
and next time round there were more events. And that's yeah, what I mean. They, they yeah. did learn lessons they instead did. of keep letting things go right. wrong. And yeah. I just want those lessons to continue to be learned because I think anytime as an organization you're thinking like, we got it, like we're nailing it, <laughs> every single thing is perfect, then yeah. you're you're not growing anymore because you're yeah. just kind of resting on your laurels. So I feel like everything you guys talked about were big ideas. I'm going to focus on a couple small things. Um, I think one thing they did well, and this is kind of like my obsession we talked about earlier, they... Uh, they got some fans behind the goal mm-hmm. with the VIP boxes yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. at either end. So I just there was, remember, is that a new thing? Yeah, I could yeah. not remember if that was. There used to be VIP or, boxes, yeah. but they were just placed they on the top Skydeck of things, the. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, Now we had uh, a thing behind the goal at each end. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see it be more like more of a rowdy crowd yeah. behind the goals than a VIP corporate exactly. crowd. VIP needs to be a half field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I also understand that maybe that's how they make money. You know what I mean by selling those VIP things? But I think maybe you could make at least one end like a fan end and maybe even just uh, if there's a way um, I feel like I've heard talk of this of the the bowl like maybe building over the top of the bowl mm-hmm. so that you can have seats that are closer to the field yeah I yeah. mean but, but even if you so there's took, just like in stadium experiences that I'd like to see but if mm-hmm. they took yes and if they took that big hospitality thing like near section O and they turned that into where y'all were like that would be that creates an idea of like, oh, I want to be in there. Like, there's like, there's a beer truck back there. There's people being rowdy in there. That would be fun to me. And like, I missed the period of RVAFC. Daryl, you were here for that. I don't know if y'all were. I went were, to one game. Like, I went to an RVAFC no, and played the kickers. But, but I came in the year afterwards when yeah. they dissolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah see, that'll happen. But like, didn't they have like like bleachers behind the goals? It felt like it was a very rowdy atmosphere. And they, had, they got yeah. people into they, it. To be fair, they just had like a, a rope. Yeah, uh, and then people standing behind the rope, and then I think uh, Hardywood mm-hmm. were selling beer back there. But I that's yeah. what I mean is like if you if you have a thing where there's a bunch if you walk in to Shanir's point like you can walk in you can see the whole field and if you walk in and you see a bunch of people behind the goal being rowdy being loud and there's like a beer truck back there and there's stuff to do you're gonna migrate that way but if you're yeah. up top and there's some people there and like Red Army are still partially in their tailgate zone but partially where in their seats are and you can't kind of see around some of the sky decks it just doesn't invite you in the way I think you're you're yeah, right sure. that if you create I think the other day too like, I there. think the section O pass like the season ticket is like the cheapest one to get. Yeah, it's a hundred bucks, but there's no different. Like there's nothing that that separates. Yeah, to separate from, you. Like it's not like yeah. oh, I get these perks that come with it, or I get into this secret entrance that has an underground tunnel, and I'm here with this bunch of. You want like, a, you're like a Goodfellas entrance? Like I guess so. <laughs> the back oh, of the WWE like yeah. Nitro like <laughs> entrance, you know, the pyro. Yeah, stuff. it's like you were saying <laughs> earlier. I think it was before we recorded um, that. There are there aren't enough perks mm-hmm. for being a season ticket holder. What what can we do throughout the season, not just on the first day to keep and if or you even start, preseason. And if you, if you if you start to do things throughout the season, then we don't have that massive dip in the middle of the summer where no one comes to the yeah. games. Yeah, you know, well, so because there's like? a reason. Um, we're talking about like um, so this year. I, if I'm doing the math, math right, this is the. Upcoming year will be the 25th anniversary of the U.S. Open Cup team. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. You know, Richmond's won a U.S. Open Cup. You know, uh-huh. they like to mm-hmm. throw that fact out there a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> um, so it would be cool to have, like, that original team come back and make it, like, an event. Like, so, granted, I'm from the South. Richmond, Virginia. I went to Virginia State University, which our homecoming is this week. But it's, like, a week-long event. Like, they do something every day. And yeah. it's Leading up to Saturday, where it's like it's homecoming, people out there tailgating, like it's huge. Go Union. <laughs> Taylor gonna make me fight him. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was about to cuss. Yeah, I remember where I was at. But I think it would be really unique to see the kickers do something like a Friday night where you like the season ticket holders, if you're a season ticket holder or whatever, 
you get to meet like that past team that Friday night. All right. So, and yeah, they get, just bring as many of those guys yeah, back. Yeah, bring those guys back. You yeah. get to meet them. Or, like, alumni players like Yambi and Yaisley and whatnot. A lot yeah. of those guys still live in the area. Get to meet them. Get to hang out with them, like, a Friday, like, at a brewery or whatever. Saturday before the game, you do, like, a, a 7v7. Some safe. You, you know, want to play against the Open Cup team. I mean, no, yeah. not play against them. But, you know, knees. You know, some safe <laughs> if they're up to it. Um, but, like, you see those guys knees. play against each other. Yeah. And whatnot. <laughs> then, of course, you have the game. And then Sunday, you do something that – you know, it's open to the whole crowd, mm-hmm. whereas, like, we do, like, a brunch or something yeah. at a facility. You know, you buy a ticket to it. Anyone can buy a ticket to it. The ticket, once again, tying it back into the community, the proceeds from that might go to, like, we're supporting this one foundation. But, you know, it, it's all about bringing people in together and making it feel like, yo, this is my team. And it's like a real homecoming atmosphere. It feels yeah, like home. Just celebrate the history and make sure yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Celebrate. Yeah. The like if we're gonna harp on the fact that we're the longest continuing running franchise. <laughs> I want to know the history of why, like how we've been along. No, like, but I get it. I get, I get why you use that tone of voice. Yeah. It's because we've heard that so many yeah. times, right? And it is something worth celebrating. Wait, but are you've they? Got to find, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it is worth celebrating, no. but you got to find new ways to celebrate <laughs> yeah. it instead of just keep saying it and hoping yeah. that that's enough, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That makes sense. How, how many questions in are we, by the way? Uh, we have two more. So you want to keep going? Uh, we have, we're, we're, we're 41 minutes in wow, okay. right around now. Yeah. We have one more from Section O Resident. Um, okay. 44, excuse me. <laughs> Section O Resident asks, what was the moment you realized it wasn't happening this year? And Taylor, this is kind of a quiz for you because I went back and looked through the descriptions of our podcast mm-hmm. and there was definitely a show where we were a certain number of games in and a certain result happened and we were like, all right, here's what I'd change if I was in charge. <laughs> was it one of the Lansing games? I mean, that's no, early on. Those were very early. I'm yeah. about to say, that was like first 10. Yeah, exactly. We played them, what, like three times in like five games? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think, honestly, like I still kind of had hope up until like when, when, when Coach Bula was in here and talked about like the final five games or so and how yeah. it was like, all we got to do is win them all. Like and even like had a kind of a strategy for how the, they the knew Pokemon they were going to win them all. What's that? The Pokemon approach. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, but even then, he was practical about like North Texas away. We're probably not going to win that game. I see. So we might do some rotation. Like that to me still felt like there was a plan in place. Like there was a possible possible plan to pull off. And at that point, there had been a slight turnaround. So it felt like maybe this is the bounce, and they figured things out. Because sorry for going long here, but like sorry. I did mm-hmm. think that. I mean, we are forty four minutes in. Yeah. I know, but I did think that in the beginning of the season, like okay, this is the team that's going to take some time. They got to learn his system. Once they learn his system, they'll play better than anyone else in the league does yeah. it'll catch fire they'll win everything they'll make the playoffs and i think that's where i was and once those results did not go that way probably that loss to ford madison yeah. when i think it was like yeah playoffs pretty much done yeah. that was probably when i was like all right this isn't really working but i would then add that even before that i think i started to have my si- significant doubts all right so i can tell you that based on our, our, our podcast yeah. um schedule it was 12 games in uh-huh. uh when, and i think we're answering this in slightly different ways right but um we talked about how maybe the possession style of soccer mm-hmm. wasn't working because it was 12 games in. It was a 2-0 home loss to the Chattanooga Red Wolves. And it was when we talked about how like all right, we were like level on points-ish with this team going in mm-hmm. and they beat us. And it was one of those games where the possession style didn't work, yeah. right? It was yeah. just like moving There's the ball around. The f- like that. Yeah, moving the ball around the field and no penetration. <laughs> and we started talking about how, okay, something needs to be shifted up to to maybe make us a more dangerous team mm-hmm. and not a team that just has possession that doesn't go anywhere. And I think based on that conversation, because I listened to a bit of it, we were sort of like, 
12 games is enough yeah. to get it, yeah. and it looks like it's not working. I don't know if this was before or after that 12 games, but you saying that jogged my memory. I remember the point where I was like, this is not good. And it was Orlando City B. That loss to Orlando City B on the road was when I was like, oh, the, three, are, two. Like, yeah. the players yeah. don't look motivated, even I though there were some goals. It still just felt like this is not clicking the way it's supposed to. People are still not kind of functioning the way we want them to. So that was about two weeks before. Okay, that yeah. was the and one in, where I think in between I had concerns. was the home game against North Texas when yeah. North Texas were on fire, and yeah. we just knew that game wasn't winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of yeah, it's almost like North Texas is a gimme as a loss almost. That was CVSA uh, night, right? Uh, yes, it was. I think that yeah. was yeah. that no, was the one time this actually, season where I was like, yeah, I'm just going for it. it. Like, I'm not a, even. <laughs> I, I think I had like. Several drinks that late. It was Ricardo Pepe couple. night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, when I win this game, I'm not <laughs> Guys, for you, when when was it that you th- you realized, all right, this team's not going to be good this year? I mean, it was a couple <laughs> of times. Um, like you said, that Orlando City B away game. But I always had in the back May of my 22nd, mind. May 22nd, by the way. I'm yeah, I always had it in the back of my mind that that was like the last of like, what, three or four away mm-hmm. games where we were like bouncing off or all over the place. Yeah. We went from... Um, North Carolina to Greenville, and then it, it looked like the guys were just knackered. And it was like, <laughs> okay, now you've got jet lag on top of that. Yeah. Like, they just looked <laughs> like they were out of it. And that, in the back of my mind, made me feel like, well, it may be just because of that. So there's still maybe a little hope. But after I had my hope peaked again after we went through that stretch of of good wins, um Especially that that game against Tormenta, where where Joe Gallardo scored mm-hmm. that that brilliant messy ass yeah. goal, and then we go to North Texas midweek, and I see that it's not too many of the starting lineup. Like, they scored okay. in the first fifteen seconds. Oh, I know, but <laughs> but my my thi- my what I was thinking in the back of my mind was even before the game started, just seeing who was sent to that game. I was thinking to myself, okay, so they're we're putting in all our chips for that Madison home game. So we knew. I mean, at the end of the day, in my mind, I knew that even with our best starting lineup, we weren't going to beat that North Texas team. So let's rest our players because that Madison, that forward Madison mm-hmm. game, is the one we need to start winning games to make sure we stay in. So when I saw Bulo rest a lot of the starting players for that North Texas game, I said, "Okay, there's still hope." And forward Madison. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's and done. It's, same for you or something it's different? Done. So as a person who loved teams who suck, like the Magic mm-hmm. and, you know, the Boston Red Sox were horrible. Um, I I had cautious optimism after the seven-game losing streak when we started winning. Did you say the Boston Red Sox are a losing team? Like, I understand what you mean <laughs> that they used to be, but, like, they won three like, World Series. Well, this year we suck, <laughs> okay. and I'm not in the players. Well, okay, I got you. Also, I like the Tennessee Titans that were horrible. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's on you. Yeah, <laughs> this is also true. That's a choice you made. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after the seven-game losing streak? After the seven-game losing yeah. I was cautiously optimistic. But then when we lost the Ford away game, yeah. the second one, and then I looked at the schedule, I was like, yo, we're pretty much going to have to do like the UConn run of mm-hmm. like going, what was it? I think six or six or eight unbeaten. And I was like, this team hasn't done that. And even in the games that we had that we won – they were like by the skin of our teeth, like and I. Yeah, I try to I try to keep hope. Like as long as there was, I was trying to keep hope. And as long as there wasn't an E beside our name, but it, you kind of already saw it. Mm-hmm. Did you have a game, or was it when the Chattanooga Red Wolves? Chattanooga, yeah, okay. Chattanooga lost two now. And then right. y'all might not like this one as well. I would add this: uh, Ford Madison, the one at home 
was I think my like lowest like kind of everything about that was a bummer. Like oh, I know yes. y'all had like the Henny Derby and it was like super yeah. fun and like y'all had like a good ha- yeah. But off the field, it was fun. Yeah, but, but on the field, like that's the game. And I won't even say that that game on the field hurt me not as much as the Tucson game. Uh-huh. The last Tucson game where it looked like nothing was going right in the field. Yeah, no, like that, that the last draw, the nil draw. It looked nothing was going right. But for me, just... it was off the season or off the field that was rough too in that game because like Ford brought down that bus, but then they had people come up from North Carolina. They had people fly in from Florida, and it's like here's this new team that brought what like 40, 50 people. Yeah, and it was just a like. Wow, they're kind of like they're gonna like they won this game and they're kind of like dominating like in terms of like bringing this massive amount of fans and it just felt a little bit like a little also, bit low key thing that's on, on me too field. because I went out of my way to invite them. <laughs> I'm like, I'm no, sure, that was making a whole thing. But it was great. It was great. They came. It just felt like it was sort of like, oh wow, there's a lot of them, and I expected it to be like, oh, but there's gonna be three times as many kickers people, not just Red Army, yeah. but like people around hanging out, making exactly. it a thing, and it wasn't quite that. And so it, it felt a little bit, I am not nearly as so like... like you're saying a team came and took over a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. And Basically. Like, and we had like, like like Jason Davis came down, Pablo came down, yeah. Adam Stavely came down, and it felt a little bit like, in our house? Like, I don't like this. I don't yeah. like in our house. Like, wait, wait, wait. We, we, we invited the same one mm-hmm. the pregame Oh, yeah. all, they had all the four jersey. Yeah, they brought me a jersey. Of course, I'm going to wear it. But Horrible. that doesn't mean that I'm not going to still be from Richmond <laughs> yeah, and, no. and support the Kickers. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on that. I mean, to be honest with you, I know I talk about how you know the rest of the the rest of the the stadium is usually you know unresponsive. They don't make a peep unless a goal is scored by the Kickers. Um, I feel like it was even worse. Mm-hmm. That night, I mean, because you could hear the forward fans. No, it's no, no, well, not, I think the I, not atmosphere even, was even better because you had of, two fan bases going they, at it. But at the end of the day, we were practically right next to each other, and yep. literally, you would think to yourself, even as a casual fan, just in general, the, the culture in the United States for sports period is not in our house, mm-hmm. yeah. And that mentality of we're gonna let forward who's from where. <laughs> Green Bay country. I, I, I could understand if they were from <laughs> they're from it, Madison, Wisconsin. I could understand if it was Charleston Battery who are right, you know, right yeah. down the highway. But this this they are from states away, yeah. <laughs> and they're coming here and they are dominating on the field yeah. and in the stands. Mm-hmm. And you, it just felt like a complete turnaround. Like the Red Army was doing, we we did all we could. Mm-hmm. To you be put a loud. head on a spike. I mean, yeah, yeah. We we, we did all we <laughs> I could. Think I think I drank so much hitting that day. I don't think I drank any sense. We right. did all that we could yeah. in that game, and it was it was unusually quiet in the mm-hmm. rest of the stadium. Which all right, was, so we ugh. we found the low point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are several of them. It yeah. seems. Yeah. Okay, okay, final question. Final question on this part of the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the crossover episode is from Alex Trammell. Um, Alex asks or says, "It seems like there will be quite a bit of roster turnover for next year." <laughs> Now that all the teams have a year under their belt and know the quality of the league, what player would you poach from another team? Nick Moo. All right. That's a Nick good Moo. From Lansing, right? Yes. Yeah. Nick Moo. Ricardo Pepe? I mean, that's where I am. I'm <laughs> like, where's my answer? Yeah. Uh, could, if you could take anyone. Just Because if I'm losing Troy, I want Nick Moon there. Well, because it also, yeah, right? Yeah, because you replace him. Um, it also, Ricardo Pepe would solve the striker. The striker. Ronaldo issue. Damas. I'll add him in there, too. <laughs> the like, winger from North Texas. Yeah, yeah. Him, him, too. I mean, I think anybody from North yeah. Texas. The defensive midfielder I went for, if we can't get Ricardo Pepe, is Eric Leonard. 
who I think is at uh, Ford Madison. Okay. Uh, do you remember seeing him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah. did a really good job in defensive midfield. He could be the Braden And Troyer. he's a set-piece specialist. Replace yeah. That's how he scores goals. Is that yeah. right? Our jersey and I had a conversation about why did he have so many goals when he was playing in Australia or New Zealand or wherever, yeah. and that was the answer. Bunch of headers on set-pieces. No, he, I think he like, took their free kicks. Oh, he took he's them? A, he's, a, he's, a, he's a little fella, I think. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. All right. So you the answers were Ricardo Pepe. Since you hate people who are short. Eric Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Moon. Yeah. Right? Okay, those are our three. Sure. Um, all right. So. This has been part one of the Richmond Kickers uh, special. Can I say Ford's coach? Or uh, can I say North Texas's coach? Can I can I poach that person? I as guess well? you can, but you need the whole academy. Oh, we, just, we just poach. We just poach the whole Dude, Dallas that's academy. That's a good point. Never mind. I take that back. You're right. You're right. I don't want that anymore. I want somebody else's coach. If you want to hear part two, the second set of seven questions will be on the River City '93 podcast, Yay. which you can find in all good podcast apps. Right? You just yes. search yeah. River City '93, and there it is. It's Elliot and Shanir's podcast. Yes. Um, all right. So on behalf of Taylor Rock. Well, um, Elliot Barr, Shania, I forgot your second name, I'm sorry. Duran, the second. the second. second name. <laughs> I'm shaking my head at you right now. You? Thank you to everybody. <laughs> for, my apologies. Thank you, to, thank you to everybody for listening. I normally say we'll have the Red Army play us out, yeah. but it means that these two guys will be, uh, you're, yeah. about to, you're about to hear the musical talents. Uh, <laughs> Elliot and Shania and the rest of the Red Army. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs>